ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. If someone said to you, what does getting engaged look like, a particular set of rituals might spring to mind. Some variation, but you might think of getting down on one knee, popping out a jewellery box and flashing a sparkly diamond ring. And of course, these days, the Instagram post. But diamonds are no longer forever, it turns out. More and more millennial couples in particular are opting for alternative styles or ditching the ring altogether. Professor Andrew Dawson is Chair of Social Anthropology at the University of Melbourne. Hi, Andrew. Hiya. Great to have you with us on the program. And Bella Clark is a bespoke jewellery designer and the owner of Bella Clark Jewellery. Hi, Bella. Hey. Based in Melbourne. Uh, Andrew Dawson, why is marriage and everything around it so ritualised, given that many people these days tend to separate it from religion, strictly speaking? Well, human life is replete with ritual and symbolism, but the life events that are most ritually and symbolically rich are those concerning transition, you know, coming into life through birth, leaving life through death, becoming an adult, and, well, marriage falls into this category of transition as well. Um, a, a Kind of an important point to note about these rituals of transition is that they tend to have a pretty standardised form Um, They mark departure from one social status. So, for example, many many wedding ceremonies involve a moment where the father of the bride gives her away. And they also mark entry to another social status, you know, joining a new family, for example. But there's a third and especially important element of the ritual. It's what's sometimes called its liminal dimension, the celebration of being betwixt and between states, and engagement is often this kind of ritual. I'll just give you a couple of quick examples, because I know your time is limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, liminal rituals, um, the, the world is often turned upside down. Uh, for example, in the English coal mining region where I come from, engagement hen parties are really wild affairs. Oh, they're not like that here in Australia at all, Andrew. So different here. Not at all, I'm (laughs) sure. What happens is the bride-to-be goes out on a big drinking session, people put a black plastic bin liner over her and affix pornographic images. Now, what's being celebrated here clearly is the woman's liberated sexuality betwixt and between the ideal state's of premarital chastity and postmarital monogamy. So the big thing is that we love our rituals of transition and marriage and especially engagement, I should say, is one of those. So if we look at engagement in particular in that kind of marriage cultural landscape, how did the ring and the diamond become so central? Um, well... I mean, the, the the earliest information that we have on engagement and engagement rings is from Roman times. Um, they became really central, but 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 since then, albeit unevenly, the the kind of central transformation we've witnessed has been a rise of romantic and companionate marriage. Consequently, the engagement ring status. Um, whilst it's always been there, uh, has changed from being a symbol of obedience and even ownership. Um, uh, 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 and, and that's been eclipsed by 
its status now increasingly as a symbol of love. But but there are elements uh, in the engagement ring and, and practices surrounding the engagement ring that have stayed the same, especially those attached to the Christian religion. You know, this, uh, uh, um, for example, in many Christian cultures, the groom first places a gold ring on the index finger of his bride-to-be, then the middle finger, and then finally on what has become known as the ring finger. And this clearly reflects, I would suggest, the Christian ideal of the Holy Trinity. So, so in answer to your question, you know, this engagement ring thing has been there since time immemorial. Uh, it's transformed through time, but religion has really uh, uh, kept it at the heart. And capitalism. Capitalism has had a role to play, hasn't well, it, in particular with the diamond? Capitalism, of course, is absolutely huge. I mean, uh, um, the diamond became important largely because of extractive colonial capitalism. You know, we we uh, uh, companies like De Beers in South Africa, they found huge quantities of diamonds and therefore it became a very popular uh, uh, gemstone in the ring. Technology as well is the same. I mean, it was only with the advent of the kind of tough new technologies that could cut the hard stone of the diamond that made possible uh, the kind of mass popularity and production of the diamond. And of course, that sits nicely with one of its key symbolic features. You know, the diamond being a tough stone symbolizes in a way the kind of solidity of the marital union. Well, perhaps not coincidentally, given the uh, state of the solidity of the marital union these days, that might be changing. We've been hearing from Professor Andrew Dawson, who's a chair of social anthropology at the University of Melbourne. But Bella Clark's with us too. She's a jewellery designer based in Melbourne, the owner of Bella Clark Jewellery. Bella, are you seeing trends changing when it comes to what people are choosing? You know, we used to have the traditional little thin gold band with a diamond set in a particular way. What's happening now? Yeah, I definitely think there's been a huge shift away from the uh, solitaire setting and the gold band. And I feel like people are more wanting something a bit more unique, something that represents their relationship and that it's more, you know, suited to them and um, incorporating new stones. Coloured stones have been really popular lately. That's interesting. So people are saying, eh, diamonds don't really care. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely people are open to both. People love incorporating something more sentimental into the ring. And I also have found a huge trend at the moment is rather than the man or the woman getting down on one knee and someone's proposed to, I'm having a lot of couples come in together and um, designing a ring together and then, you know, marking that part of their relationship. It's really special. It's interesting, though, that it's usually still the woman in a heterosexual couple getting the ring, isn't it? Margaret texted in saying, custom looks like women as property, both or neither should wear rings. Are you seeing any kind of couples who come in and say, we both want an engagement ring? I definitely do both at the same time, which is really fun. So people do have the conversation and then we'll come together and both design their engagement rings together. And it's a really beautiful part. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? So people aren't saying we don't need an engagement ring at all. They're saying we both want one. Yes. I think it's a way to celebrate and like mark the relationship and not necessarily wearing it on their engagement ring finger as well. Where are they wearing it? 
wherever suits, really. Wow, <laughs> pinky finger engagement. Yeah, I've done a couple of those, yes. <laughs> well, I've learnt recently that that whole idea that there's a vein that runs to your heart is a complete lie anyway. So that, that makes sense. So, Bella, I, that's, I understand too that other things are important to your clients when it comes to choosing the stone, for example, where it came from. Yeah, definitely. And um, one of my main practices is I encourage repurposing heirloom stones. So bringing in that, you know, your mother's or your grandmother's ring or an auntie's ring and then being able to incorporate that into a piece that you can wear every day and really enjoy and breathe new life into these stones is really important. Yeah, well, so that's about sustainability, isn't it? Are people 100%. worried about like ethics, where, where stones are coming from? Definitely. Everyone is always asking questions, wanting to make sure that the stones are you know, ethically sourced, non-conflict sourced, and um, you can definitely trace a stone, so you've got to make sure that you, know, you do know that everything is ethically sourced and things like that. So, yeah. When we mentioned before that it's millennials who people are noticing are wanting some of this kind of change, they're also the ones who are struggling to ever afford a house. How are they going around cost? Well, I think there's definitely, you know, there's that old like 1930s, 1940s tradition where it's like three months of your wage goes towards the engagement ring. Definitely not a thing at the moment. I think it's really important that people can actually, you know, get something really beautiful that they can afford and feel really good about. And the cost, I think you can, it's not like it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. What's one of the loveliest rings you've made recently? Oh, I think one I made was, it was more, it was very much about intergenerational storytelling. This woman had brought in a ring from every woman you know, about two or three generations above her. And we took a stone from every ring and incorporated it into her engagement ring. And that was really special. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. So, uh, Andrew, Professor Andrew Dawson, why do you think these things are becoming less important to couples getting married today? That, that idea that, you know, you have the, the giant rock in the particular look of band and that you yeah. carry on that tradition. What, what's shifting? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a whole series of factors behind the transformation of ritual and the symbols such as the 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 the, the ring in an engagement um the list as long as your arm i mean celebrity is important like when the prince of wales proposed to kate middleton with a blue sapphire rather than a diamond a, a, a million and one people copied it um new social movements are very important uh, nothing I would suggest has been has brought greater innovation to engagement practices in recent years than the advent of legal gay marriage. But more than this, I mean, in this era that the sociologist Anthony Giddens describes as being one of extreme individuation, people are just more inclined than in the past uh, to do things in their own unique ways. Uh, including, of course, how to get engaged. We've got some fascinating texts on this. My daughter designed her ring using lab-constructed diamonds and saved herself many dollar signs. Uh, Jonathan from Canberra says, we got married last year and choosing the rings together was a really special part of the process. It was reflective of our preference for being a more equally involved process for both of us. We went for a sapphire rather than a diamond at the centre of the engagement ring. And several people saying, I've been happily unmarried to the same person for 27 years. No institution or jewellery required. I didn't realise this was only a millennial thing, says another. I've been married for 29 years. I have no engagement ring. Proudly so. This was a conscious decision on my and my husband's part. Yeah, me too. We we didn't see the need for it, but couldn't have afforded it anyway. What is the point? I don't like wearing rings too. They're itchy and uncomfortable. I 
can't believe I lasted that long with the, my wedding ring, frankly. Andrew, just to finish up with, we, a lot of us have wondered for decades whether we are going to shift from women mainly getting engagement rings in, in opposite sex partnerships to something a bit more inclusive, more broadly, or whether people might decide they don't need a, an engagement ring at all. What's your view about whether that's on the horizon? Uh, hard to comment on broad patterns. I mean, I have to say that... Um, that, that, that there are a lot of people like me who would have preferred to have just remained unmarried with our partners, but the kind of social pressure pushes you into these rituals of marriage, and we kind of took the rise out of it. We held our skint students, our marriage, our engagement party in a fast food shop, so the, the only uh, rituals, uh, um, rings there were the fried, deep-fried onion rings. <laughs> But I, I, you know, I I wouldn't look for broad trends towards whether rituals are going to die or be revived. I would just say and reiterate my point that we're heading towards this kind of increasing individuation uh, with an emphasis on creativity. So people will find more innovative, new, unique uh, and colourful ways to celebrate their engagement. Mm, It'll be interesting to track. Professor Andrew Dawson, thanks so much for your time today. Pleasure. Andrew's the Chair of Social Anthropology at the University of Melbourne and Bella Clark is a designer and the owner of Bella Clark Jewellery. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Great to chat. Lovely text to finish, well, not lovely, but interesting text to finish up with. As a younger millennial, 30, I can't even get someone to commit to a long-term relationship, let alone even consider engagement. I have things I imagine I'd like, but it all feels so far, far away in this current dating landscape and economy. And I know I'm not alone. So it gives a useful perspective to this conversation, doesn't it? A how-to on community building up next on Life Matters. If you've just moved into a new area, how do you go about making the connections that might lead to positive change? You're on RN. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.